Hey, we, uh, we started our expansion this week, so good news on that. It is underway and thankfully out of the way. Uh, we will have one hiccup though, just so you know, um, in the coming weeks, those who use our nursing mother's room, sorry, <laughs> because we have to put an elevator there. And uh, so we're going to have just a couple months here of hiccup for those who are in that. The rest of you, you're good to go, I guess. Uh, you shouldn't be in that room anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so good stuff. We're, hey, hey y'all know next week is uh, Easter, right? Resurrection Day. All right, that's our, this is our, uh, you know, this will be our biggest service of all time. Big, you know, services for the day. And so it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun time. We are looking forward to celebrating the resurrection next week. Uh, today, you ready? Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me give some word in here and, and, and go fast and strong and, and powerful all at once. And uh, if you have your Bible with you today, go to Romans chapter 5. Romans, the fifth chapter. If you don't have a Bible, that's, that's okay. If you have it on your phone, get that out. Got an iPad open up your apps and, and go to Romans chapter 5. We've been, we've been teaching in a, in a message, in a, a series of messages over the last uh, few weeks about Frank. Frank are, is friends and relatives and associates and neighbors and kids. We call it Finding Frank, specifically Finding Frank 2, 2 because it's the second edition of this amazing series. All right. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and the Lord wants to work through us just like he works to us, all right? I'm thankful he worked through someone else and got to me. And now he wants to work through my life to get to somebody else. And if I know that that's the way he works, I'll stop thinking it's just going to happen independently of me. And whether I obey or pray or say or do anything, it's just all going to come together. Not, not going to. But he works in us, and he is working in us today, so we can be a part of his great plan, not just observing, observing from the sidelines, but involved in his kingdom, and will, be, of course, be rewarded for eternity, and many will be helped. But there are many messages that can be taught can, and ought to be taught. Um, uh, there's a lot of different subjects we cover here that hit different aspects of life and, and so forth. Uh, but one thing is clear, we are never finished with the, the basic message called the gospel, all right, called the gospel, or what that means is good news. We never finish with that. There are uh, many scripture-quoting, Bible-toting people today that, uh, you know, they lack understanding of the very basic, the very main revelation that all people need. I mean, all people need on the planet, and yet some are, again, they're serving the Lord the best they know how, but they lack revelation of that very thing. And that's, that's, uh, that's really crippling to what God wants to do in us and through us in our lives. If we don't understand this main message, then how are we going you know, to be used of him? How is this going to change and affect the world? But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you could, and some do, you could attend different religious-type services uh, around the uh, around the planet today 
and, you, and, and go, go on a weekly or multiple times a week basis and still come away without ever hearing the primary revelation of God's love and plan of salvation. Uh, I mean, we can label things. I'm not real big on that, but uh, a friend of mine the other day, he called them baptism churches. And I thought, well, I've never heard that phrase. He called them baptism churches. I said, well, I said, what do you mean? We're talking about what do you mean by that? In other words, the focus is all just to get people baptized, but not to get them saved. See, and you can replace real, the real power of God, the real life-changing aspects with just a religious part of it. You know, obviously we baptize as well, and we, we, that's a wonderful thing when it's in its right and proper place. But, but there, there are groups these days that just emphasize those things and they lack the power. No lives are truly changed. People aren't really saved. And so if you're a part of that on an ongoing basis, you could be, you know, deluded into the idea that if I go through these practices, if I've gone through the water or gone through the class or gone through this, then I'm right with God, okay? And if we at all entertain that, then of course, we'll be sharing that. We'll be speaking that. And if we do, the end result will not be changed lives. It will not be eternal life. It will not be salvation. It'll be a whole bunch of religious people religiously culturalized and knowing the lingo, but lacking the power of God. I mean, if you were the devil, what would you do? I mean, if you wanted to keep people in bondage, keep people in darkness, and definitely keep them away from heaven, what would you do? I would try to, you know, water it down to the point where it lacks power. Yeah? So people come and they think, hey, I'm good now. Everything's fine. I'm good with God and everything's okay. But it really, I, I miss the main ingredient. Everybody okay today? So my, my purpose today is twofold. Uh, one, believers, of course, need to know and share the right message. We need to make sure we're very pure in this, very concise and pure and right on target in, in our message. And secondly, if, uh, for unbelievers, they just need to hear the truth, not just, a, not, not just another religious talk. Not just, uh, not just have a, some kind of religious experience. Need to hear about the real God who loves you and what he did to change you forever. Praise God. I know uh, years ago I was, I was, I was shooting a, a TV commercial that we did quite a few years ago and, and working on the verbiage and working on the, the, the what do you call it when, uh, what's the person who speaks over while others are acting? The voiceover, yeah. And uh, working on that, we're working on the script and and they wanted to put in the language of, if you come, you know, you'll have a change of perspective. And I kept being, being like, mm, perspective? Mm, yeah, there's a little bit of truth to that. But I, I changed I said, no, I want them to just know that they will be changed. Duh. That their life will be changed, not just a different perspective. I mean, do we have a different perspective? Sure, sure. But, but my experience with God is more than I see the world differently. It's more than that. It's, no, I am a different person. I'm not the way I used to be. Literally, I came in contact with the power of God like, almost like if a Mack truck hit you. I, you walk away different, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't look the way I used to look after that experience. <laughs> I, came, I came into contact with God and, you know, things are literally changed. All right, so that's what we're interested. Did you find Romans chapter 5? Notice with me in verse 6. Uh, Romans 5 and verse 6, for when we were still without strength, 
In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Notice that language, without strength, ungodly. For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps, for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, so, so notice, notice how the love of God is revealed, what it looks like. In other words, he found a bunch of people who were called weak, ungodly, and sinners. He didn't look for the best. He didn't look for the righteous. He didn't look for those who were noble and worthy and deserving of a great sacrifice. Because in fact, if someone was worthy, from that standpoint, from God's perspective, they wouldn't need anyone to die for them. You would just say, hey, come on up. You're looking good. You've got it going on. No, but he found that there were ungodly, weak, uh, uh, sinful people. And he said, those are the ones I love, and those are the ones he died for. Yeah. So this tells us something about what God was endeavoring to do on behalf of humanity. Okay, it was not, again, just about finding the best and finding the deserving and finding the worthy, because in reality, there were none. But he found those who were undeserving, not after we got our act together, not after we sought him, but before. And those are the ones he died for. You cannot be loved by God any more than you are. This is good news. Say, well, certainly after you get saved and you start living right, certainly he loves you more. No, that's the point. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. While we were yet in a pitiful, rebellious, stiff-necked, hardened heart condition, he loved us and died for us. So the idea that anyone could come to him based upon the fact that they were deserving in any way. You know how we say, oh, man, you got this award, you got this new job, you got this bonus, you got this. You deserve it. This is not the way it works in the kingdom of God. No one is going to show up to heaven and, and, and people are going to say, hey, on the back, say, wow, you deserve it. Look at this nice place the Lord made for you. Look at that mansion you've got over there. Look at all the, you deserve it. No, everyone's going to say, Look at what he did for you. You didn't even deserve that. <laughs> and we're going to say, that's right. That's right, forever. No, I didn't earn that. I didn't deserve it. But I'm thankful that I accepted it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And see, this is what the gospel is about. But this is uh, in, in such contrast to many ways it is, it is presented. Uh, but his love for us does not fluctuate day to day based upon our good and bad performance, our deeds. It's not going up and down. He literally just loves us. And he loves people who are cussing him out. Yeah? And he loves people who are, who are ripping apart all of his kids on social media today. Huh? He loves them anyway. This is the gospel. This is what changes lives First uh, John four nineteen reads, "We love him because he first loved us." The only reason I'm seeking after him is because he loved me before I was. 
He loved me in an undeserving state. And so one of the ways I can uh, think about in, in, in clarifying our message, the, the truth that makes someone free, is to contrast um, uh, the word religion with the, with the gospel. All right, And I realize the word religion can have positive connotations in some regard. I'd have to go into that and explain it. But in many, in many situations, it is not a positive in my mind. Okay? It, it, it is often, very often, opposite of the gospel. Opposite of the good news. In other words, you receive the Lord or you, or you become religious. In many situations. All right. And so, religion often says... Try harder, do more, keep working, follow these commandments, you know, don't be a bad person. And that's the message. And if that's what we're presenting, um, we lack power and we lack the ability to change a life. Come on, try harder. Come on, do better. Come on, follow the rules. Come on, get, get your act together. Keep going, keep going. And you might make it someday. Maybe. Odds aren't in your favor, <laughs> but maybe. Or there, there's another side of that, and this, is, this has become more popular in our, our day, and that is um, it doesn't matter what you believe or what you do. Uh, it, it, God accepts everyone. You know, all dogs go to heaven. Uh, there's no repentance. There's no belief. There's no relationship. Church is like the why. Or the Rotary Club. It's just there is no gospel and therefore no power. And so whether someone is in either one of those religious ditches, my point is it still lacks power to change, power to transform, power to erase the past. And, and I want to get back to what works. Yeah. I always want what works. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why would you even say that? Well, because some are ashamed. Some water it down, some back away from it, some, some, some take away from the power. He said, nope, not me though. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God Amen. to salvation. Who, 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 what is the power of God? The, the Bible says the gospel is the power, the good news. Not, not just any message, not just any message couched in the terms of God or religion or church. No, the gospel is the power of God. Now, if that's true, I need to know simply what it is. Not everything called gospel is, yeah. I've been to some places that sell Rolex for real cheap. <laughs> Got one one time. I think it was maybe $25. <laughs> Wore it. <laughs> it was really light, though. It's like, man, this is really light. How, how many know that wasn't a real Rolex? <laughs> and uh, I've, I've <laughs> it's, it's fake. You can buy fake brands all over the place. They have a, an appearance of being real, but they don't have the quality, the... the, the um, Whatever, you know, the warranty, the, they're, not, they're not the real thing. Um, you ever been to a restaurant and you ask them for butter? 
and they bring you margarine? <laughs> no, that's not butter. No. I don't care if it looks like it. <laughs> it's not. That's bad. You ever wanted Mexican food? And <laughs> someone took you to Taco Bell? <laughs> and you... Uh, uh, no. Uh, I don't think that's real. <laughs> I don't think that's real Mexican food. See, there's a lot of fake things and a lot of... Uh, uh, disguise and counterfeits in, in, all, in all of life. That's also the case. But we need to be, you guys, we need to be discerning to recognize the difference. One way is you look at the outcome. Does it produce a changed life? And if it doesn't, there was something missing in the, there was an ingredient missing in your recipe. Huh? But a lot of things can be couched and they look on the outside, this is God, this is good. Does it bring salvation? Does it carry power to change a life or does it just curb behavior, soothe someone's conscience, take their money or something of that nature and then we feel good about ourselves? Why am I saying this? Most of us, we already know this. I realize that. I realize that some don't and some do, but we've got to be pure in our communication, okay? I'm not gonna tell someone you just need to stop doing, you, you just need to stop lying. You just need to stop cheating. You need to stop fornicating. You need to stop doing this. Well, you could stop all that and still go to hell. There needs to be power to change your life. It is the gospel that they need. All right. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, if you would take a look at that. Romans, Romans the 10th chapter and the 9th verse. And it reads that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, if you know that verse, good for you. If you're, if you're a believer and you don't know that, you should know it. You should start knowing that like from this day forward <laughs> and know where it is and be able to say it because this is amazing. I, I, it it's almost seems too good to be true. What are you saying if I just believe something and, and if I believe and I, and I say something with my mouth that I'm saved? In other words, sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven. I have eternal life. We understand, listen, there are many that have been steeped in, re, in religious practices that have a real hard time with this. And, and, and they, they will look at someone like myself and say, you're saying that people can just do anything they want. They can just live any old way they want. As long as they, as long as they say this prayer, then they're going to heaven. And, and they want to, uh, and so they will attack that very concept of salvation being fully and 100% by the grace of God. And here's what they try to do. Always add something to it. Jesus plus. Jesus and. Yes, accept Jesus and, but, and, but you've got to do this, this, and this. Or you've got to stop doing this, this, and this. And then you're saved. This is a temptation even for saved people. For those who are, are already believers, you've been born again, there's a temptation to think that way. Man, but I haven't been reading my Bible and I haven't kicked this habit and I haven't finished this. Where do I stand with God? 
And we, we're tempted to add something in there, disqualifying ourselves for God's love, disqualifying ourselves in, uh, for, um, you know, our acceptance of Him and eternal life. And then we, we, our message to the world, we have friends and relatives and neighbors and associates and kids, and, uh, and we're, we're going to tell them how to live, live for the Lord, and, and we're going to start saying, well, you've got to stop doing that. You've got to knock this off. And you got to quit this as well, because that's ungodly. And you're right in the sense that many, there may be many ungodly things they're doing, but that's not the gospel. Amen. The gospel is not stop doing that. So stop doing that does not have the power to save. The gospel is not start doing this. Even if it's a good thing like pray or go to church or serve or give, that's not the gospel. You're not going to give your way into heaven. We're not going to go to church enough times to get to heaven. <laughs> Amen. What's the gospel? The gospel is the power of God that saves people, and it works like this. If you believe and if you confess, you get saved. Well, that sounds too easy. I know. It's amazing grace. It's amazing love. And I don't have a better message than that. I don't, have some, I don't have something that carries more power than that. Now, the control side of us wants to say, and you've got to do this, this, and this. No, I want to say, and nothing. And nothing. There's a temptation, you know. Uh, well, people have had questions when, when people come and receive the Lord in our services, as they do every week. Uh, they come and receive the Lord and they get born again. That you want to add a few requirements so that they come back. Right? But you can't. You want them to come back and grow because there's much more. I mean, life is just beginning in Christ. But salvation really is 100% right then. Really, when someone believes in their heart, confesses the Lordship of Jesus, they're just as saved as someone like myself who's been walking with the Lord for decades. As someone who's been living for someone who's in heaven. Just as saved. Just as saved that very moment. Just as clean. Just as holy in God's sight. Do they have some funky thinking? Yeah. Do they have some bad behaviors, practices? Yeah. Are they saved? 100%. Living in the, in the very life of God. Amen. Say, so say, well, don't they need to confess their sins? That's one of the traps. We, we tell people, well, you need to confess your sins to the Lord. No, they don't. Confessing of sins is something that is designated for the Christian, not for the unbeliever. The lost person is not to confess their sins. They are to confess Jesus as Lord. This Bible tells us in in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is not talking to the unbeliever because the unbeliever is never told to confess their sins. They get in by confessing Jesus as Lord. Did you notice for those who are saved, did you notice that you most likely didn't do that? And if you did, you came up short by maybe a few million sins because you couldn't even remember them all. 
let alone get them all out in a confession. That's, the Lord doesn't require that. He tells, he, he tells the unbeliever, you, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this point in a second, but basically to acknowledge sinfulness, yes, but to verbally express and, and confess all sins, no, that's not the issue. And uh, here's, here, let me get this all in. For the believer, it has to do with fellowship. It has to do with, I have a relationship with God, and so I keep things all open and on the table, and I receive a continual cleansing for anything I do wrong. But that's not salvation. That's fellowship. That's a relationship with God. That's a walk with God. For the unbeliever, though, it's not, again, because what if I missed a few? Going to hell? Well, I confessed my sins. Did you get them all? Thought, word, and deed. And what about the things that you should have done that you didn't do? Those are called sins of omission. Did you get all those? <laughs> Reality is no, none of us are capable. But the moment we, we say Jesus was my sacrifice, he died in my place, I acknowledge and confess his lordship in my life. Boom, just like that. God's life and power causes us to be resurrected beings, spiritually resurrected. Amen. I wanted to make that other point further. Okay, I want to give enough information where it's clear. But in John 16, uh, we'll put that up for you, verses 8 through 11. This is Jesus teaching about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He said, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Now, now look, sin. Notice, he will not convict the world of sins. He convicts the world of sin right? What is he talking about? Well, verse, the next verse goes on to say, of sin because they do not believe in me. What, what is the, the sin that is the most serious of sins in all the world? It is the sin of not believing in Jesus. It is the rejection of the Savior that the Spirit comes to work with people about. He will get in their business and convict them. But you notice, he, he doesn't say, of sins, of adultery, of theft, of lying, of murder, and, and the Spirit is going to get on you about all those things. No, because no one is in hell because of all those sins. They are in hell because of their sin. Mm. No, <laughs> sin, singular. What sin? Rejection of the Savior. In other words, Jesus took care of all the sins, plural. He died for everyone. This is the, God, while we were yet sinners, loving us, coming and dying for sins. So our message is not you need to fix everything. You need to confess it all. You need to stop all this stuff. Say, what do you think about that? Are you saying it's okay for people just to live in sin? I'm saying sin is a problem that we cannot repair. I cannot undo the things I have already done, and I will not be successful in living a sinless life in my own strength or power anyway. So it's a failing endeavor. I'm not saying it's okay. It's horrific. It cost Jesus his very life, his shed blood. It costs a whole lot. It's a big deal. Sin is a real big problem that God solved. 
And why would we go back to human effort and religious practice and all this what religion has sprung up all over the planet for many years, man trying to do something to fix their sinful condition. It's, we know it's the case. We know it's there and people are trying to solve it and be accepted by God and hopefully one day make it out of here safe. It doesn't work. That's the reason why he sent his only son. And he is the substitute and he is the sacrifice and he is the one who could bear it all and defeat it all and now, literally, it sounds too good to be true, it sounds almost too simple, too simple but it is your acceptance of him and it produces a changed life. Hallelujah. But that's, the, that's see, that's pure. We don't want to add anything to it or take anything away from it. Um, amen. All other sins, then, they're rooted in that main thing. You know, you know the best way to stop someone from being a rascal, being a bad person, is to first of all deal with the root. What's that? It's a sin nature. Say, so you know what? Uh, you know, this is ungodly and all that. Yeah, you got a lot of problems. Um, but if you'll be born again, God's life will come into you and it will change you from the inside out instead of what often our human approach is, change from the outside in. Change, stop that, behave, curb the behavior, do all that. I need a root canal. <laughs> I, 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 I need my spirit born again, and thank God I have, and now I have the life of God in me. So I daily, even though believers are still tempted and sometimes do wrong things, daily we have God's life in us saying that's not who you are. You can overcome that. You have victory, and it is that power that changes us both in eternity and in the present. Let me, let me, just, let me just sum up with this. Uh, uh, the gospel, this is, this is for all believers to know, to present accurate and precise and all right on point. It's for all unbelievers today. If you want to receive the Lord, this is just simply how it works. It's as easy as ABC, all right? ABC, all right, acronym. Here we go. A is acknowledge. If a person is going to be truly saved, this is how the gospel works. They acknowledge their sin and need of a Savior, Acknowledge their, uh, you say their sins, uh, no, really more their sinfulness. I am, I, I have sinned. I, I, ha, I need forgiven. I need a savior. I come before you, God, as someone who needs help. How many know if someone thinks, hey, I got my act together. Everything's fine. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need any help. Well, you, you can't be saved. Can't, that, that's the reason the whole law was given. That's the reason the Ten Commandments were given. Basically, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Don't do this, don't do this. It's so someone could look in the mirror and go, huh, ugly. Man, I have broken the laws of God. So it's designed to reveal I have a problem. Why? So that I despair in my problem. It's so that I call out and say, I need a Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. Praise God. So A is acknowledge your sin, need of a Savior. B is right here, what we read in Romans 10, is believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again. It is believing that he became the sacrifice. Believing that he took your place. Believing he died so you wouldn't have to die. Believing that he got what you, you deserved so you could get what he deserved. Yeah? But in short, 
B, a is acknowledge your sin in need of a Savior. B, believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again from the dead, victorious. And C, everybody knows what it is, right? C is to say it. All right, confess. C, that'd be S. Yeah. <laughs> ABS. ABC. C is confess. The scripture said there, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Praise God. The, 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 the heart of faith and the words that are confessing that produce change that begins with eternal life and change that continues through all aspects of our lives. Praise God. You need something else from the Lord, you find his promise, you believe it and you say it. You believe it and you say it. Amen. Got have problems in your finances? What do you do? You find a promise from the Lord, you believe it and you say it. Yeah, you, you, you need healing in your body? Find a, a word from God that declares your healing, you believe it and you say it. Yeah, you know how a lot of people, they just stop short of that. They, they just leave it over on God. Well, whatever God wants to do, well, is that how you got saved? Is that how you were born again? Did you sit back and say, well, if the Lord wants to save me, I guess he will. Or did you say, no, I believe that Jesus died for me. He was raised from the dead. I confess, I make Jesus the Lord of my life today. And that works in all areas of our lives. Praise God. Praise God. This is the gospel, simple and pure. This is our message for Frank. This is our message to all. This is how one can be saved. Father, we love you today. We thank you for working in us, working through us, working in our lives. We call upon you and we are helped. We are saved. We thank you that it is not according to the works of righteousness that we have done, but according to your love, your mercy, and your grace that you have saved us. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the thanks, for you do all things well. All the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Thank you for helping us, Father, for, for your people now to lead us to where we can, we can affect others. And we can keep it pure. We can keep it simple. We can keep it powerful. So that lives all around the world will be transformed. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful and, and majestic name. Amen, amen. Praise God. Oh, the Lord is good. Thank God he's good. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for someone today. And uh, uh, the, 